This is the Loud Pedal Podcast, talking all things supercars with your host, Chris Stubbs. Well, hello and welcome to the Loud Pedal Podcast brought to you by Super Cheap Auto. And it is our absolute pleasure to be joined by four-time Bathurst winner and a man who features all over our supercars coverage on Fox Sports. It's Greg Murphy. Murph, how are you, mate? Good to hear from you, mate. Glad to be here. Mate, good to hear you. Good to hear you. And our very special guest today, Australian music icon, singer of the horses, Daryl Braithwaite. Oh, no, no, hang on, no. no. From Shell V Power, the defending champ, and now an Adelaide 500 winner, Scotty McLaughlin. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, no, just um, still learning some royalties, so yeah, going all right. <laughs> yes, this is not a comedy podcast. We will talk supercars. Don't worry about that. Mate, first of all, how good? Adelaide, a place where for many of us you came of age, I guess, in some ways, given it some jandal over there a few years back. Um, where does that win rank for you as an individual uh, result as opposed to a championship, etc.? Yeah, I think that's that's right up there. Um, I've luckily enough had some really cool wins in the past, but, you know, the Adelaide 500 is the one of the biggest races on the calendar for us. So, you know, it, it's it's... It was huge. It's something that um, you know I'm very proud of, and I'll 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 press on and 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 you know try and win a few more later on in my life. But it, it was definitely a good starting point for the year and move on moving forward. Mate, at, at what point did you know you had a weapon on your hands? Was it before you even got to Adelaide? Were you that confident in the car prior, or was there a point in a practice session where you went, "Yes, we are on"? I don't think we until we got to the race. I knew that our car was really good. Um, throughout the race, we had really good race runs and stuff like that. Um, but we, we obviously hadn't seen much from other people as well. So I was sort of, you know, skeptical, and so was Ludo in some ways. But you know, once we got into clear air, it was really good. And I think that was a big difference. You know, on, on the weekend, you know, it was so hot and all that sort of stuff. Getting in clear air around there was a big thing. Yeah, Murph, for you, from what you saw, what impressed you most about the Mustang or Scotty as well? It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, um, being on the side of the fence that we live on, Stubbsy, and just listening and watching and, and seeing what everyone gets up to and, you know, going into the first round with a uh, for the for the Ford teams with a, a brand-new car and there's a few question marks around it all, but it just sort of it sort of went so seamlessly. It really, you know, and I suppose there's a lot, a lot of that's to do with the underpinnings of, of the car, the fact that, yeah. you know, underneath that skin and underneath that body, is essentially something that the teams are pretty familiar with. Obviously, there's been a few changes around with the uh, the whole twin spring scenario and the chat there and everything. But it was, you know, we've got such professional outfits and such professional teams that look after these race cars that I'm, I wasn't really surprised to see it doing what it did. And you know, you don't really have any issues or problems these days. I mean, the ZB Commodore was a bit of the same when it, it launched last year and came out of the box swinging and was as good as what it was. But I think I think that's testament to the teams and how good a job they do and how you know organised they are when it when it comes to putting these race cars on the racetrack. But you know, I am obviously uh, very much a, a holding guy through and through and have been for years. But you know, the fact that this has happened, I think, is great for our sport. I think it's uh, awesome for the Ford fans that you know obviously got a win last year with the championship with, with Scott. But you know, something new and fresh for them to look at and and. You know, there was a certain excitement around again the start of the season with having this car out there, and it was it was just really cool to to experience that and be a part of it. But the 
the outright speed doesn't surprise me. You know, the murmurings around all the other, you know, all the politics stuff, not surprised. Mm. Um, I remember 12 months ago, straight away when the ZB came out, old mate here who won on the weekend and his team was starting to make noises pretty much straight away. So it's no surprises about that. And we've got to give it time. I mean, you can't start jumping up and down right away. And, and we know that um, there are teams and people that want to do that. And that's just part of the sport. That's part of the game that we play. And, you know, for me, that just creates more more chat and more, um, more talk and more interest in, in the sport. But, you know, it was it was awesome, the champ coming out the way he did. Um, Scotty, you, you know, the performance there. You know, he looks, he looks in control pretty much, you know, I suppose from when you let the clutch out on Saturday afternoon, from there on, the rest of the weekend was, was all yours. And, and it looked like you really found your groove um, pretty nicely and from that stage pretty easily after that. Hey, Scotty, engineering the unfair advantage, as Roland put it, and his claims that it's too much of a sports sedan and it's, uh, you know, it doesn't look enough like the road car. What do you make of that? Oh, I knew it was from that side of the garage that it was going to be uh, blow-ups here and there, but um, I know at the end of the day these guys have put their heart and soul into building the car to specifications for supercars and, and whatever, and, and everything's been approved by them, and, I think, um, you know, obviously there's a few boys that designed the car that are a bit annoyed by those comments, but, yeah. you know, there's nothing like a bit of fire in the valley and push on. But, you know, we were also not at the 12 hour at the start of the year doing stuff. And, and we were, you know, there was a lot of suspension. Oh, arms. Oh, there's nice. it getting, oh, it getting you know, there's it getting some, um, you know, arms getting pulled out on the floor. We were pulling stuff out of the car, you know, bits and pieces, you know, it's like we, there's a lot of hard work going on behind the scenes. So. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so you haven't it. had lunch that's with Roland it. today. Oh, that's fantastic. What's that? Sorry. What were you no, saying? I said you wouldn't have had lunch with Roland today, then. No, I mean, I just, I, I, look, I understand, and they're a fantastic team. I understand where he's coming from, and yeah, certainly we were bleeding last year with a few comments and whatever. But you know, we'll. We'll just push on like we did last year. I felt like we punched above our weight. We, you know, we come back through and and we'll put our put our heads down and obviously, um, you know, got the championship in the end. And I think, yeah, like Murph said, it's so early to be blowing up, um, you know, up too much. But I'm I'm proud of everyone. I'm proud of how hard they've worked. I'm just glad that we've found to get a result pretty early from. Fair enough. Can we put in uh, song requests for if you have a win uh, at uh, Albert Park, Scott? Um, I don't know. No, I think I'm done with the singing. I've just got to, oh, yeah? I've just got to, I've, I've just got to execute now, and then maybe I'll just do something on the run. Okay, because Pony by Genuine would be a really good tune for you to. Uh... Is, all these songs are a bit old for me. <laughs> Murph knows. He knows what I'm about. <laughs> we'll leave that alone. This is a PG podcast. Uh, uh, what about Fabs, mate? That was a pretty dirty old day on Sunday, in particular. For him, he looks pacey and, and didn't get the fuel on board in that, that second stop. How does that go down with the team in the debrief? Yeah, obviously that's tough, and especially on that side of the garage. They had a really fast car, and what they came out with wasn't probably exactly what they deserved. Um, and from a team's perspective, it's something that they've got to look at, and we spoke about in debrief and whatever. But um, I think you know Fab's pace as a whole was you know really impressive and. I think at the end of the last year, he was right there as well. So just sort of having a reset and going again, it was good. And, and you know, that Saturday lap on, on the shootout on um, Saturday was 
yeah, it was impressive. You know, I, I really, you know, made me had to pull my finger out and look at some data and, and, and go through everything and, and make sure that I was getting the maximum out of it. I'll definitely learn a few things off that. And that's exactly what we need. Um, we need to be both pushing each other. And, and um, yeah, it was a great show for him and inside. Murph, what did you see of, of the field stop there and what happened with, with Fabian? And, and if you weren't at that end of the pits, what did you make of him over the weekend? you see a, a genuine threat this year? Uh, first up, yeah, I, I actually, I did, um, there was so much going on with, on the pit that uh, I actually missed that one where they didn't get the uh, the field plugged in. So I didn't realise until later on afterwards that that had happened. Um, I thought his performance was a little bit more vintage Fabian, just I think his body language in the car on Saturday yeah. and yeah. What, what he did in qualifying, just a, it was different. You know, you can just sense when he, when he was on and you haven't seen him sort of in that kind of zone or space for quite a long time. I couldn't tell you the last time, to be honest. It was almost like even taking it even a step further back when he was at BJR, some of those times where he stuck the thing on pole at a race meeting. Um, you know, he did that a couple of times, a couple of race wins, he's sort of out of the blue and just looked so in control. And it was just the way, you know, he sort of looks in the car and, and the way he goes about it so effortlessly when it's all on. And uh, that's what it reminded me of, you know, just uh, seeing him on those other times where he's been in such control. It wasn't a fluke. It was, you know, it was I'm in, I'm in the zone and the car is doing what I want and this is what I'm capable of. And it was, yep. uh, it was awesome to see him do that because, it, you know, I don't have to tell the bloke, you know, I don't tell Scott about it. You know, the confidence thing, and you've seen the confidence grow and... And Scott, um, over the last 12 months and the things he's done and how effortless it, he makes it look, well, that was a moment for Fabian which, um, which looked really reminiscent of, um, of uh, you know, the way Scott has you know, used that confidence. So I, hope, I think it'll come back pretty quick. Clearly the Mustang, uh, you know, just the, the tweaks with that body and the aerodynamics of it and the way it sits on the road, you know, he, he made comment over the weekend about it that it's, um, it just keeps the... The bum on the on the road a little bit better on, on the entry to a lot of corners and, and straight away that builds confidence. So, you know, um, yeah, it was a real, you know, it ends up being a complete shocker for him on the weekend, and and I think everyone mm. felt for him in that respect because he deserved deserved a lot more. So, um, I don't I don't think that's the last we're going to see him at the front there and and Scott and and him working together with the kind of information they can build with that is you know it's a, it's a massive massive benefit and it's going to be good. Mm. Hey Scott, uh, recovery-wise, how'd you pull up from from the heat and the brutality of it all? Have you had to change things up this week, train a little bit less, or do anything different, lose some weight? What happened? No, I definitely lost some weight, but I, I um, you know, I I put uh, sorry, I, I was back in the gym yesterday doing some stuff, so I felt really good. I was I said to the team in debrief, like the freshest I've ever been, freshest I've ever been, you know, on the set day. Um, night of, of uh, Adelaide 500 and then okay. turning up to Sunday. You always feel a bit achy and there or thereabouts, but I actually felt really good and, and um, you know, it's a testament to, you know, who we had. We had, we had at uh, physio there and ice bath, all that sort of stuff. So I think I was in the ice bath about five or six times throughout the whole, whole um, each day. So I was just making sure I was, like, always keeping my core body temp down and it was good. So I've sort of come out not too bad. My feet are good. No dramas. Hey Scotty, um, with that, I mean, it, it was a little bit of a surprise. I think everyone, I mean, they must have, everyone really did get their act together big time on preparation for that. Because I mean, getting into Saturday, I mean, were you, were you a little bit concerned, even though you had been doing all that prep, that you know, forty degrees and seventy eight laps, and then we didn't have a safety car? Do you think actually the safety, not having a safety car, actually helped? Being, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I think not having the safety car was good because everyone just got into it. Um, it was so um, – I was I was pretty nervous about the heat, um, yeah. you know, before the race because if we lost a cool seat, you were finished. So um, there was no chance of finishing it, whatever, and probably supercars would have pulled you in. But, um, you know, look, I think, yeah, from that perspective, you know what it's like when, when you have a safety car, it just you slow down, the heat gets back in the car, you start thinking about other stuff other than – you know, what you're actually doing. I think once you get the adrenaline pumping and you do lap and lap and lap and lap and all you're focused on is finishing, it's not until the end of the races where you actually feel how hot it is and whatever. And to be honest, I felt really good. We, we did some precautions with, like, feet, um, for feet fans and all that sort of stuff, which was really good. Our cooling was just amazing. So I was really proud of everyone for that. You didn't go to the lengths of Dave Reynolds. You weren't peeing in a cup, were you, and keeping tabs on that? No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's probably a Dave Reynolds thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair call. Murph, did yes. you lose some weight? You can drop a couple of kegs if you wanted to. Oh, thanks, mate. I, I didn't have an ice bath or anything to bloody help in, you know, recovery. I just had to know. I had to, I had to head back to the hotel afterwards and, and cool myself down internally by swallowing swallowing bottles of, you know, other some stuff. amber fluids. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was tough. It was very tough. Yeah. Yeah, a tough one, tough one. Hey, Scott, uh, Rick and Chaz, pit lane. Obviously, that was total chaos. I don't know what you saw of it or what you've seen of it since uh, Chaz, we know, took the rap and apologised after the race. But what has happened since has been quite in- incredible, really. The-, the social media backlash against Rick, people accusing him of, number one, not breaking, number two, uh, accelerating while he was actually making contact with Chaz. Um, what have you seen of it and what have you made of it? It's it's pretty ugly, isn't it? Oh, it's pretty ridiculous. I think the whole – and people saying that he hasn't braked or whatever. or He, he braked a fair bit. I've seen the onboard and yep. and anyone in that position would. And I think um, from, for, for people to think he's throttled on is ridiculous. So yeah. not only was he going to ruin his own race, but he was going to – you know, you know, possibly make it unsafe for everyone in the pits, and he he certainly wouldn't do that. And Murph knows Rick just as well. Like he's a he's a great guy, and and um, someone that you know, yeah, probably des- deserves a bit better and a bit more respect from some of the fans because he has done some tremendous things in the sport. And yeah, I've seen a few things in this in the um in the social media and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's pretty heavy to be honest, and something that you know it always hits home. You know, whenever you're in a public eye, you always you know, get negative, you know, comments from various fans or whatever. And sometimes it hurts a little bit, but you, you just got to get on with it and move on. And, and at least they're good and, and it's all good. Mate, how do you monitor yours? Do you have uh, some sort of moderation or someone else on your behalf that checks through and, and lets you know what the what the vibe is? Or do you do it all, all yourself? No, I've got no other admins on my thing. I, I just do it all myself. But, I, I mean, if you... If you're always going to have someone that doesn't like you out there, and and I always look at it like it's like if you if if you, you dwell on that and you and you get dwell on a, on a keyboard warrior, then you shouldn't really be on social media. So I don't really doesn't really bother me as much. Um, but look, it, absolutely, sometimes it does go a, 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 too far. Um, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. Murphy would have come to back in the day, wouldn't you? If uh, if we had social media back in the Days of you and Ambrose and toilet stops up at Bathurst, you would have copped a beating. Yeah, well, I did, and that was it was through um, email and and letters. People wrote letters back then. Um, <laughs> this, this, I mean, this is the downside of social media, isn't it? It's a completely 
the ability of people um, who will never show their face, who will never come and say anything to your face, but will use um, use the internet to do it instead. And and this is, this, you know, they're the scourge of the earth as far as I'm concerned, anyone that's going to attack someone. Um, I haven't seen it, but I read this morning on, on Speed Cafe um, around about um, about the whole thing. I wasn't aware of it, and so I had a look at what Chaz said, and, and you know, good on Chaz for coming out and, and being a part of it. I mean, Chaz accepted his part in the whole thing. Anyone that attacks anyone personally, um, you know, and starts whatever they did it, you know, but from the sounds of it, it was pretty disgusting. You know, we shouldn't, it should, just shouldn't happen, and those people just should be, you know, I don't know, I don't know what you do with them because you probably can't find them, but it's, it's just unacceptable. And, I mean, he's got a frick got a Send them to New Zealand, man. Oh, well, hmm. no, no, that would just be making it better for them, you know, what a great place to live in. Um, but it's, it's just unacceptable. I, I, I really, I really, it makes you sort of really upset about the fact that there's people and fans out there that, that like our sport but yet can't separate um, separate it from, you know, the reality of what it is. It's sport. It's people doing something at a professional and level, operating at a professional level, and, and they've never been in that situation. All these people that comment nah. that are abusive, they've never been in that 100%. situation. They've never driven yeah. a supercar at 300 kilometres an hour. They've never been in a pit lane at 40 k's an hour. So how do you, how do you have the right to, to have an opinion in such an extreme fashion on someone and what they do when you've never done it? Yeah. So, you know, take note, shut up if you haven't got anything good to say. That's going to be... That's, you can have an opinion, but don't go the next step and start, you know, being personal about stuff. It really infuriates me. It really does. And I, I, it's annoying because you feel like you can't do anything right for some people as well. Like, you could... There could be anything. Like, you, 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 you'd be... Oh, sometimes you'll sort something out, and then there'll be another thing that's bugging them out, or something like that. Same with the TV and all that sort of stuff that you know that, that have been hot topics for the last few years. And it's like you just—it's just—it it gets annoying sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's the old adage, isn't it? If you can't say it to their face, then then don't say it all. Because they'll be at your autograph session next week, Scott, asking for an autograph somewhere. Yeah. So, and I've always—I've I've always run the rule. I've always run the rule that look, there's like probably millions and millions of fans that follow our sport. There's about a hundred comments per post on on social yep. media on Facebook or Instagram and stuff. So there's like a yep. very low percentage. If you have five or so of those hundred comments that are absolutely bagging you out and talking crap about you, yep. and it's like what's like they don't really matter, do they? Like out of the million people that follow us, it doesn't really matter. So really, they're, they're doing nothing but making themselves like idiots, to be honest. Yeah. No. Well said. Well said. Well well said. Well said. Hey, Scott. Should um, Chaz have been disqualified for reversing in the lane, or are you happy with that, given that Bairdo could have DQ'd him but said in that situation there wasn't any other real option, so he, he was given the, the okay? Do you like that, that Bairdo can make those calls and it's not black and white? What do you think? Uh, I think you have to judge it for the... Um, I actually thought... I didn't realise that that had been thrown out. I, I saw him grab reverse. I just thought someone didn't see it. So, um, yeah, I uh, I understand because obviously there's cars going behind him and stuff to get out, so it was hard for Cruz to get across there. Um, I, I think in that position it's probably pretty dangerous um, for anyone. I understand if you're reversing to benefit yourself, then that's yeah. absolutely that's a penalty. But I think in that case it's probably the best best thing. Yeah, fair enough. Murph, um Pit lane will be closed at Phillip Island for safety cars. You like, you don't. What do you think strategy-wise? 
We've we've been we've been through this before. I think uh, everyone's got a bit of a short memory on this one. Um, we we've done it back in the day. I can't tell you when it was because it was a long time ago. But we've been down this path, and we've ended up back where we are. Um, so we've done a full circle. It has it has pros and cons, just like the current way we do it has pros and cons. Um, and each and every time, you know, we we go down this path, we realise that the other one, uh, in certain circumstances, um, is negative as well. And and you know, it does change strategically what you do, but it also, I think, I think I read Shane saying something about it. You, you end up, you know, trying to avoid it from happening more than what you do now, because you, you know, you've, you've got to avoid, uh, and um, you know, being caught out in that situation. So, um, you know, I think people are prepared to take more risks with the current safety car scenario, um, even though we're always trying to avoid that as well. But I think uh, closing it, I. I Listen, I, I understand it is a it's an interesting place to pit lane, uh, especially from my point of view now, trying not to get hit by a car when I'm wandering around aimlessly half, half the time looking in the wrong direction. But um, you know, we've 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 lived with it. Um, a lot of the championships that we compare ourselves to uh, run the current the similar rules than we do. Um, I think it's a pros and cons thing, and and some days uh, the current um, format that we've got around safety cars benefits you. Sometimes it works against you. And, the, yep. and changing it to closing the pit lane is going to have exactly the same impact. It's going to have sometimes it's going to benefit you, sometimes it's not. So, um, yeah, you I know, agree. safety is really important, really important. But I think we do a bloody good job of that anyway. And 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 it's a shame that I think it was that you mentioned was it Scott was someone talking about it before this happened on the weekend? Was it had it been brought up? I think at some stage. Yeah, I think in the commission or something it had been brought right. up. But I, yeah. I agree with you, Mel. I think it's like. I'm sort of against it in some ways because I feel like you're just going to see a pretty bland race and stuff. So, because I feel like people are just going to pit as early as possible to to limit the risk in yeah. some ways. Yeah. So, and that, I think that's what happened last time. So I think but as soon as the pits open on lap five or whatever, people are just going to yeah. dive in. <laughs> but also, what happens after a safety car period when certain scenarios exist? There's potential for the whole field to come in the pit line, right? Anyway, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what's the difference? But what's the difference? Yeah. Mm. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Okay. No. Fair call, fair call. Um, Macaulay mm. Jones, that was pretty massive, and the car has now been written off for Albert Park. Can you remember, Murph, in your time, a more brutal rookie weekend? <laughs> rookie? Yeah, I can, I can, uh, we can list a few. Actually, the, the, the first accident that springs to mind, um, and he was a rookie. Uh, actually, which is probably a bigger crash, was poor old Todd Hazelwood in the same car um, <laughs> that he was sharing with Finn Blanchard, uh, when, not last year, the year before. That was his first time in an in enduro, remember? So, yep, true. Uh, number down, 21, yep. that's a bit, of a bit of a shocker. So poor old uh, Todd, he, you know, had to, he went and wrote that thing off for Timmy and him at um, Sandown in the, was that the co-driver race? It was, wasn't it? And then he had to... Yep. Then he had to climb out of that car and, and go and, and win a win a Super 2 race, I think, or something. Um, so that's probably the last time. But, yeah, poor old McCauley. I mean, that's, again, especially when – well, not especially when, but, it, I mean, it was something that was out of his control and, and uh, yeah, definitely felt for him because he, he's a great kid and, and obviously working bloody hard and, and uh, hopefully hopefully we're going to see him, um, you, know, you know, have some great success this year. But, uh, yeah, tough, tough way to start. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Todd, that was his breakout performance, top ten shootout, and finishing tenth on Sunday. Scott, um, I don't know how much you saw of him. Probably not a lot on track, but um, 
that that's a good turnaround, isn't it? He had a pretty dirty old year last year as a rookie himself. Yeah, I think anytime he's he's out qualified, the Triple Eight guys, so mm. the, the people that are getting setups of, so um, they'll focus on us a fair way. So I think Toddy just got on with it and got it done. Um, Murph, who, who else did you like? Frosty, seeing him back in the top ten in both races. Uh, yeah, there were some great stories from the weekend, um, and as I said, Todd's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Those are things that uh, stand out, and uh, in, in a you know in this championship, people you know who are as you say, last the last year was so goddamn tough, and Super Two X champion, all that coming and doing what he did, that was that was just that was really really awesome to see. Uh, yeah, that was always going to be interesting, wasn't it? The Frosty scenario, um, Frosty and and um, Lee Holes were swapping swapping places doing what they did and who was going to come out on top because you, you sort of can feel there's a bit of a there's a bit of a competition there on, on yeah. you know we've done the swap yeah. who, you know who you know who's going to have the um, ability to stand on the on the top of the heap at the end of it all and go ha ha I did it, I did you know I made the right move so that's um that's tricky one so that was a good result on on Sunday for for Frost and Team 18 they um you know they they strategized really really well I mean uh Scott knows Phil Keed. Um, I know Phil Keed. He's very clever. Um, there's some great people in that operation. They've got a very strong engineering group and a smart group as well, and they, they did a great job. So it, it's positive because, you you know, you want to see people like Mark um, competing at the front because, that, you know, he's done so much of that in the past, and, and you know, that's where he should be, is racing at the front and, and competing for podiums and wins. And So that was a good start for him. Mm. Walkinshaw? Uh Obviously, the Camaro, there was the news that they're bringing out their uh, new high-performance version of it. Uh, but also in that same media off, Murph, they were saying that uh, they will not be bringing a Camaro in at this point unless the rules change. It's, it's off off the cards. What do you make of that? Oh, I, I think it's, it's a, a scenario that um, Ryan didn't have any option in saying. I mean, um, you know, he's, he's obviously looked at what, uh, it's gone on the, the process, massive process of producing the Mustang and, and you know full performance and everybody involved in that has obviously spent a lot of money and a lot of time producing it and, and around the rules that exist with the, the car and car. Now you know I think I think the Mustang uh, in the livery form with all the race teams is you know it's grown on me. I like watching it in the pit lane and seeing it. It's, it's, it's you know it isn't exactly what we all anticipated it, but they've done as good a job as they can and it mm. and it looks on track, it looks fantastic. But but um, you know, I understand what Ryan's trying to say and, and maybe down the track in the near future, you know, things I don't know when that'll be because you can't go changing changing something that took, you know, Ford such a long time and spent so much money doing. Yeah. You can't go and change yeah. it all of a sudden. So that's that's um that's where that's at but you know I understand where Ryan's coming from too because it's a lot of money that someone has to spend which will be H S V to to homologate uh, the Camaro if it's Camaro if it's going to happen, so you know he'll um, I suppose maybe the next uh, phase of changes in the category around the cars and the chassis maybe there'll be some changes that make it um, appropriate for him to do it then. But um, I mean a lot of fans asking about it, a lot of fans asking about it, and the thing is they also got to understand that um, you know uh, Holden have invested a whole lot of money in the ZB Commodore, and that that's the car that Holden is racing and, and, and working with. The Camaro to happen. That's probably more on um, HSV and Ryan's shoulders to do that, not not Holden, because it's not a mainstream car that Holden is selling. It's been sold by by HSV uh, through their re-engineering of it. So, 
you know, mm. uh, let's wait and see, but it's, it's not something that's going to obviously happen in the near future. No, I think a little bit of uh, politicising that one by Ryan yep, Walkinshaw trying to pressure supercars into uh, bending their rules. So uh, if yep. uh, HSV need anyone to test drive the Camaro ZL1, they can send it my way. I'd be more than happy to do it for them. Uh, uh, Scotty. Sorry, 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 it's already... Uh, your one's been earmarked for me, so you're out of luck. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck with that. Uh, AGP, Scott, the Mustang, uh, what... Did you take away from Adelaide in terms of its characteristics from the debrief, the data, what's good, what's not, and how will that translate to Albert Park? Oh, look, I think we made an awesome improvement um, in the curbs and stuff and the ride control of the car. The car was really good over the curbs, which is something that we've been working on the last couple of rounds of 2018 as well. So that was that was a good good improvement. Um, obviously, everything stayed together. The, the, the splitters and stuff held in pretty well. Um, so that's obviously very good, but we go to Albert Park, which is very similar to Phillip Island now. So we're going to have to be, um, you know, in some ways, you know, I think I think it's it's nice having done the Phillip Island test. It's very similar with the smooth uh, smoothness of the circuit and, and not too many bumps. that will be actually all right. Um, but, yeah, it's hard to take away anything from, from um, Adelaide apart from maybe the high-speed turn eight that you okay. that you have any feel. So really going into it kind of blind. And it's the first time on the super soft as well, so that's going to be interesting. Good point. Good point. Did the data from last year help you much with the Mustang for this year, Adelaide, or did you just forget about it in, in, in the end? Uh, well, we ran quite a heavily twin spring last year, so front and rear twin spring. Yeah, so okay. um, it was basically a reset. But yeah. um, obviously knowing that the rules were coming in, we've, we've tried to get some data on it before the end of 2018, and, and we've been working on that for a while. So we had a good base from, say, Newcastle and stuff that we came into it with, um, which definitely helped. Mate, so how Andy, much do you love going? Sorry. Sorry, go oh, sorry, Scotty. Just said, um, Scotty, the... I mean, you guys obviously made some you know, some good progress on the week, and the speed of that car and the race. I mean, you you look at them, you look at that car, you look at the you know the the FGX from last year around the streets of Adelaide. I mean, seriously, it, you can't you can't tell obviously that you're running a single rate spring versus a twin spring. The speed of that car, it looks like nothing's changed. To be honest, and yeah. on Sunday, I mean, it was it was very 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 strong. And and but from a driving point of view, and, and looking at the consistency as well, um, I mean, how much of now have you? How comfortable do you feel with with now that single rate spring versus what you had with the twin rate? Because it doesn't look any different. No, I agree. I think we've definitely made a, a massive, like I said, the improvement there. Um, the, the linear spring I said to Ludo, like I actually, I wish we kind of ran the setup that we ran on the weekend because actually felt better than last year. Um, I've go. definitely had to change the way I, I, I drive a bit. I, I tend to carry a fair bit of speed into the corner and try and keep a bit of flow going in it. And I think that's where Fabian was stronger than me because he was he, he was sort of a point and squirt type guy. So it makes a big, um, you know, like breaks all the way in the middle of the corner and then drives out where I sort of tend to carry a bit more speed kind of like Lounsey did. Um, so yeah. I, I had to tune that up and I think I'm still getting used to that at the moment. And I think you'll see that, you know, Fabs is very strong at Albert Park and always is. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and because of that style, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, um, something that I'm going to have to learn. Mate, how much do you and the other drivers love F1? I, I saw you, I think last year might've been there grabbing some, uh, some passes to get into the F1 paddock for a you know, corporate appearance or whatever. Do you have much to do with Ferrari given the Shell relationship and how much do you just love being part of the bigger picture? 
Yeah, last year was cool because they actually sorted us out with some uh, passes to go into the paddock, which I loved. I love a free pass, so I was just going there and look around. And, um, that was cool. And then, um, but yeah, I love F1. I'm actually really excited for this season. It's like looking at testing and stuff. It looks like it's going to be pretty tight, so um, or, or at least you know a different winner. So um, yeah, look, cheering on Ferrari and obviously because of the shell relationship and stuff. But yep. I'm looking forward to seeing how Ricardo goes. It's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, mate, I love a free book too. Thank you to Tim Hodges for dropping off Road to Redemption as well, mate. Has it sold out yet? Yeah, I'm glad you wanted to plug that because your other mates on TV didn't want to plug that. So I'm, <laughs> I told I'm, you I'm, you I'm, should have <laughs> bought a copy along and given it yeah, up, mate. Oh, no, yeah. no, that's all good. No, no, it was, um, <laughs> it's been going well. It's it's very cool. Merce, uh, Merce done a bit of a piece in there, yes. so thanks, Merce. Um, so it's, uh, it's very cool. Merce, have you got a book out this year again? <laughs> oh, greatest hits. Stories of Pit Lane. Stories yeah. of Pit Lane. <laughs> Stories of Lane. Uh, yeah. Stories of the. Uh, Spain, called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, at, at this point, it's getting a bit random, so we might let you fellas go. But uh, thank you both very much for, for joining us. Murph will catch up with you again uh, throughout the year. Scotty, no doubt, likewise. Uh, go well at uh, Albert Park, and we will see you guys both there. Thanks, Thanks mate. Uh, fantastic. Thank you, guys. So, the championship as we head to Albert Park, it is Scotty. Uh, with 300 points after the perfect start in Adelaide. That's a 42-point gap over Shane Van Gisberg and 66-point gap over Jamie Wincup. So this has been the Loud Pedal Podcast brought to you by Super Cheap Auto. Remember, 30% of drivers under 25 don't know how to perform a basic vehicle safety check. That's why Super Cheap Auto created Check It Day free training at all Super Cheap Auto stores Saturday, March 30, to show you how to check your vehicle. I'm sure Murph and Scotty are fine with that. I might head down to Super Cheap and get myself sorted. Gentlemen, thank you, and we'll catch you again soon.